Hey guys, welcome to the 5-1 Volleyball Podcast. I know it's been a little while since the last one, but I have a really special guest here today. This guy, just as obsessed about volleyball as I am, Rob, the NVA announcer, the National Volleyball Association. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Love the stuff. Yeah. So, obviously the big event this week, VNL Finals. It feels like a long break between the end of the round and, and, and the start of this does feel like a kind of long break but it's what we've all been waiting for yeah uh, final exactly. sticks in chicago my home city actually i will oh, be really? there on okay. sunday i know you'll be there are you going to be there for all of it oh i'm coming on friday okay so i'll be there for that part yeah a lot of the volleyball world at least in the midwest of the u.s will be at the wapaka boat ride outdoor tournament on right saturday. i've heard that's a huge yeah. deal huge oh, deal so I'll be there on Saturday, but it'll be easy to get back down in time for the bronze matches at 3 p.m. Central, the gold matches at 6 p.m. Central on Sunday. Right. So uh, no big deal. I'm really excited to check it out. I was at the U.S.-hosted weekend in Hoffman Estates a few weekends ago. I was oh. at the Canada match when you guys beat us 3-1. One of our only good wins this entire <laughs> tournament. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you were in Ottawa, correct? I was in Ottawa for the Ottawa yeah, leg of the mm-hmm. tournament, yeah. So that team that I that U.S. team that I saw in person didn't look a whole lot like the U.S. team that we're going to see this weekend, and that's no. obviously been kind of the theme of the whole VNL so far. In the USA, I thought you know this is a good place to talk about it. We've seen a lot of you know more so than tournaments in the past, kind of backups, young players, guys who aren't really starters on the national team. We've seen them get a lot of looks in this tournament, and it looks like a couple of the teams are continuing with that even into the finals. Yeah, so do we know exactly who... I just looked up on USAV's site, and they haven't announced exactly who of the, of the Americans are traveling to Chicago just yet. But do we know about all the other teams? I think I think we know most of the players going. Just with social media, you kind of know... Sure. <laughs> people lurk, like, the Instagram, and they, they get a good idea. Sure. So why don't we just go team by team, break it down, talk about the big stories for each team, some of the lineup stuff. Sounds great. Probably easiest to start with the, uh, the hosts... The Americans. Yeah, well, I have a lot of thoughts about this. The um, So the U.S. has had the luxury this year of hosting the finals of this tournament and therefore automatically qualifying, obviously. So their record in the preliminary round didn't matter at all. As it happened, they actually finished in sixth place and would have qualified anyway. Um, but that gave John Spraw an opportunity to rest the likes of Matt Anderson, Max Holt, Micah Christensen. Uh, not a whole ton of rest for Taylor Sander, uh, but some of those guys who played CEV finals, uh, mm-hmm. Matt Anderson was then a Kazan, you know, yep. that finished the champions league finals finished like a week. Yeah. Before, literally a week before VNL the first started. week of VNL. So yeah, he needed a break and a ton of brand new young talent just coming out of the NCAA. Uh, it was kind of a nice the timing for this. Cause we had a pretty absolutely. stacked graduating class of seniors coming out of uh, the NCAA this year. Yeah. This NCAA season, for those of you that didn't follow along or that don't, keep up with American college volleyball was unbelievably fun to watch. Mm-hmm. The, the two best teams by far were Hawaii and Long Beach State and produced a ton of All-Americans and a ton of professional caliber talent. And those of those players that are American, which are not all of them, uh, a lot of them saw some VNL action this year. So Josh Tuaniga, TJ DeFalco, obviously, uh, Micah Ma'a at two different positions, Kyle Ensing a little bit. Uh, Jeff Jendrick, who I think is probably the future of the middle blocker spot for the U.S., has gotten a lot of playing time. I think so for sure. I've yeah, seen a, uh, even but, George Schumann, like yeah. a, which Christ is actually German one of the interesting things. Bit. Apparently, George Schumann is on the roster for Chicago. Is he really? Yeah, kind of a little bit out of left field. That is out of left field. Yeah. So this this is the thing for all the teams that have adopted different strategies throughout the preliminary round is that so. We, you've talked a lot about throughout the season how long this year is of 2019 international mm-hmm. volleyball and how the really important tournament is Olympic Olympic quals and then less so World Cup later in the year. Uh, but the teams that have opted not really to play anyone big so far mm-hmm. and have still made the finals have a big opportunity here to bring their A game, like bring their A teams and actually mm-hmm. like generate some chemistry and get some reps in high competitive situations. Which I, I would say the teams. USA fits that kind of mold the most because Definitely. brazil brazil brought their best team pretty much the entire time or among yep, their best so, team. so did iran iran did but france russia and poland did not but they're they're not bringing anyone new okay so basically the the, the players we saw in fact in fact france is probably bringing 
a worse lineup <laughs> than we've seen in some of the in some of the legs. Anyway, but we want to focus on the USA for now. Okay. Um, you know this. So the U.S. has uh, they're in Pool A with France and Russia, and the the match that the U.S. played against France in France earlier in the VNL may have been the best the U.S. have played all season long. Uh, not all the starters there. Taylor Sander was there. Michael Christensen was there. Uh, but we ended up beating France three to one, and all all four sets were really tight. And France had all of their normal starters play at least some of the match. Mm-hmm. So we saw some Antoine Brizard, we saw some Jean Patry, we saw all three middles, and we saw a bunch of left sides. But Ingepeth played, uh, Boyer played. Yeah, that was the only one that Ingepeth played. Right. Correct. Yeah. So. Uh, the U.S. should feel really good about that matchup, and that's what they have on mm-hmm. Wednesday night at looks like 8:30 p.m. Eastern. And um, pe- you know, these are three three of the top teams at last year's VNL as well. People are saying, you know, this pool on paper looks way harder, but France and Russia both missing some pretty key guys that were big parts of those two finals teams from last year. Exactly. So, for those of you that don't remember, Russia swept their way all the way through the VNL finals last year, beating France 3-0 in the finals, um, and looking like absolutely dominant doing so. And we know their style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the U.S. played Russia early on the VNL and was promptly destroyed off the court. That uh, yeah. Nobody was really <laughs> surprised by that. Uh, I agree with you. I think Pool A is way more competitive. The U.S. got a pretty nice schedule with having their matches Wednesday and Friday, so they have Thursday off. Yeah. Which makes uh, a huge difference. Huge difference. So France will know where they stand by the end of Thursday. And then I think the Americans, they have most of their lineup pretty set. I think Taylor Sander, Matt Anderson, Max Ohl, David Smith. Maybe David Smith. Maybe there's a bit of flexibility with that second middle position. I like David Smith a lot offensively. I, I, do too. I, I was never high on him in general throughout his career until 2017, mm-hmm. I think. He's he, kind of been a bit of a late bloomer at Really, really has. He's really been a late bloomer. He's awesome on the offense, and he's not. I hate to say he's not big at six foot seven, but uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Like in the yeah, in the world scheme of middle blocker position, not that big of a dude, and he's not that young either. He's in his early thirties. Yeah, it's pretty. Cool. Uh, it's pretty cool. How athletic he still is, <laughs> considering yeah, how old he is. He's take, been great. I've, care um, his body. He does. I've been really impressed by him the last couple of years. I think mm-hmm. him and Holt are clearly the starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of those guys really struggled to connect offensively when I saw them in Chicago or in Hoffman Estates. Okay. But that's because Mike Amaa was the setter. And if that match had mattered, I think we would have made a oh. setter change. And Christensen has just a next level chemistry, with, especially with Max Holt. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, you better believe Christensen will set every match. Uh, and then Eric Shoji as Eric the Eric Shoji uh, for sure. But then I think um, the second outside hitter position is a bit of a question mark, Aaron Russell not playing. Uh, right, not so playing Aaron Chicago. Russell was on the sidelines in Hoffman Estates. Like, he was there, but he hasn't been on the roster all year long, mm-hmm. um, dealing with a couple nagging injuries after his Trentino season. Mm-hmm. But you're right, that that L2 spot, um, I... So I who, had, who do you have there? If I had to guess right now, uh, I would put TJ DeFalco there. Yeah, um, I, I say I, the same thing. Yeah, I think... Uh, even though he just graduated from college, this is his third summer with the national team. He's gotten a lot of touches. Uh, unbelievable ball control player. Every time I've seen him in real life, I've just been blown away by how he commands the court and how he sees the mm-hmm. game two or three plays ahead. And uh, he's not a big guy. He sacrifices a lot of size to like Aaron Russell and mm-hmm. guys like that. But uh, jumps out of the gym, unbelievable on the pipe. Uh, has a lot of variety service-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you'll probably see him, especially against France, who's not a massive team. Against Russia, that might be a different story. And mm. another guy who I've actually really liked this summer has been Garrett Magatutia. Um, yeah. He's played really, really well, given another opportunity. He's, I don't know he- how, quite how old he is, 29 or 30 or so, out of UCLA a number of years ago. Mm. Uh, but I really like what he's done. He's not all that explosive anymore. But he really has been playing well. Like I'm gonna be honest, at the beginning, I kind of questioned his addition to so many of the rosters. But I think, and I think he was just planned on being brought on in the beginning. But because of his, he's played so well. I think he almost played every, uh, every leg of the tournament. He he may have traveled to every leg of the tournament. You're mm-hmm. right. Um, I remember first kind of seeing him in the World League in 2014, like Taylor Sanders' rookie year when mm-hmm. Reed Pretty tore an ACL. We were really looking for that second outside, and he came on as a substitute in the world league finals and was big in beating Brazil. Like he's not going to be a guy that lights you up offensively really mm-hmm. ever. Yep. Um, Cause he doesn't 
touch super duper high. Uh, he doesn't hit the ball all that hard, but he passes the ball really well. He's decent size at about six six, puts up, puts up a good block. Like he's the type of guy you want in that L two spot. If you want yeah. Taylor Stander as the outside to score your points, Wagatuti is not a bad guy to have out there. And another guy who I really like is Thomas Jeschke, coming off the ACL tear a year or so ago has looked really, really good in mm-hmm. his VNL action that he's gotten since coming back, and he's playing in his home city. So, well, he's missed quite a lot of time. Like he was Missed a lot for... of time. Missed the whole European overseas season. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't see him at all until Hoffman Estates three or four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But he, uh, he looks great, and you know nowadays ACL tears aren't really like the career-ending thing they were. They're you know, not. They're years ago. And thank goodness for that. As mm-hmm. as common as they are across a lot of different sports, mm-hmm. they're not ne- necessarily as like career derailing as maybe an Achilles. But, right. Uh, so yeah, between Magutia, Jeshki, and Defalco, and they'll then, be fine no matter what. <laughs> yeah, they're they're gonna be fine. But but uh, okay. So Taylor Sander, Eric Shoji, both top five in reception for the yep. tournament, adding either Defalco or Magutia. I always have trouble with that <laughs> with that one. But that's, that's got to be like one of the best passing lineups like across any club lineup. team or any pro t- like national team. Yeah, that's an outstanding passing lineup and that's going to be an area if if the US is going to go far in these finals, mm. uh I don't I don't I think they're relying on being able to flip the switch on chemistry wise right. too much. They at no point at all in the entire VNL preliminary round have they played their whole starting lineup at once. Mm-hmm. Their whole lineup was there in Hoffman Estates but they kind of platooned it bet- between the three matches. So but these guys have been getting a lot of reps together since they have. T- since 2016, even yeah. before that. And uh, like, other than that second outside hitter spot with no Aaron yeah. Russell, the, I I think they'll be able to make it work. But the winning that passing game, like passing as statistically high as they have so far in the tournament, is going to be huge for them. And you know, Michael Christensen, when you give him a perfect pass, he's he's you know he can do anything with it. Yeah, maybe my favorite setter in the world. Yeah. All right, so USA, I think he's got to be the strongest team i had them as the strongest team in my preview i think i haven't seen anything so far to dissuade me from that yeah and actually the the kind of nice thing is that they haven't played their whole roster at all and therefore mm-hmm. the other teams haven't seen their whole roster mm-hmm. so maybe that will work to their advantage in chicago this week all right so let's talk about the rest of the pool russia mm-hmm. some big names for, gone from the reigning champions i think you know they, they won the VNL, but then the rest of their summer wasn't really what they wanted it to be. No, it was not. Yeah, world champs was not what they wanted it mm-hmm. to be. So and who, they, so who they are they missing summer. for the finals? So no Mazursky. Okay. He's you know vacationing wherever. No, no uh, Mikhailov, which is a little bit surprising because I think a lot of people thought Mikhailov would be back for the finals, but he's I gone. I am surprised by that. Yeah. I don't um, think Mazursky played VNL last year, but Mikhailov definitely played VNL yeah. finals and was big. Mazursky played played in the uh, VNL last year. Oh, he did. Yeah, it was one of the reasons why they were. <laughs> they, were they, so have, good. they have so many seven foot middles. I uh, can't even keep track of all of them. Um, and then Alexei Verbov, which I think could actually be their biggest loss because he's retired now. So, yeah, th- we were. We've all been kind of waiting on exactly yeah. when that was going to happen. Man, has he been a stellar libero for so many years and he was still good even this year (laughs) he was still good yeah he was great for zeneca's on this year but uh yeah that that's a big loss i agree with you Mm -hmm. russia's we all know what russia's style is it's be massive be huge block a ton of balls serve as hard as you can and hit over people and uh that's why verbov was so important to that Mm -hmm. team he was he was taking up half the court a lot of the time in service eve exactly exactly so this is what i think their starting lineup is going to be Igor Kliuka, Dmitry Volkov on the wings. I mean, it's, it's going to be those two guys for the next decade. It's already they've already no doubt about that. I love that duo. Mm-hmm. But the, like you said, Verbov kind of I fe- I feel like was the glue that held those two guys together because both of them are not the strongest passers. No, uh, sometimes you see Dmitry Volkov get taken out in the back row for a yeah. defensive for one of their shorter outsides mm-hmm. to come in and pass for him. Uh, Kliuka is slightly better, but yeah. I agree with you. Neither of them are on the caliber of. You know, the American any passers, of the American the Brazilian passers, yeah. yeah. And then Victor Politev. Yep. He's an interesting one for for Russia because he had an incredible club season. He you did. Know, for Kuzbas, he was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah just w- 
I was like, okay, maybe start this guy over Mikhailov. Like, he was playing incredibly. But now in the VNL, he didn't really have the best tournament, even though he was playing with his club setter, Igor Kobzar. So right. I'm not really sure. Well, uh, maybe he was only good playing in front of his home crowd, but there's no one really He's else to, for Russia, I think. I think they'll have to really. rely on him. I think they will, too. Sepulitai has been an interesting case like ever since he really burst onto the scene like if you haven't seen him you gotta see him yeah <laughs> he's like maybe six five left-handed has the weirdest arm swing i think i've ever seen mm-hmm. and jumps higher than probably any human being alive like oh my god he's got to be in the upper 40s in terms of yeah yeah no question no <laughs> yeah. question so uh just in like terms of highlight video caliber stuff he yeah. and he's still really young he's maybe 24 or 25 yeah uh coming up we were all like just wowed by this kid's athleticism and he mm-hmm. finally put a really good club year together like you're saying this past year but for the national mm-hmm. team with with max and mikhailov in existence it's just been hard for him to really break mm-hmm. through that level yeah when you're behind but, uh, yeah, one like of the be- one of the best players in the world but yeah i think i think this is his opportunity i agree with mm-hmm. you i think he's the guy um he's going to be taking a lot of swings mm-hmm. um and then the middles uh Ilya Kirkiev. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Kirkiev, uh, I, I Kirkiev. think, yeah. Okay. You know, we got the announcer, we got <laughs> all the pronunciations. <laughs> and then and then one guy, I'm not sure if you've been following him a lot. I think I've mentioned him on the podcast if you listen to them, but Ivan Yakovlev. Yes. I think has been unreal as he's that. He's been great. As their, uh, I think he might be their best middle blocker for this tournament. Yeah, like, uh, he's been outstanding this yeah. tournament. Uh, where does he play club? I don't even know this. I want to say he played in Cuzbass as well. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of Kuzbass players. Yeah, so no Artem Volvich. Uh, no Volvich. Not a right, lot of Volvich, Ilya another Vla- big guy they're missing. Yeah. Right, not a lot of Ilya Vlasov and no Dmitry Mazursky. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but honestly, I think Vlasov might not have been a. Uh, it might not have been his decision. That yeah, <laughs> he seems like one of the, one of those kinds of players yeah. where that that might be able to happen to him. So and yeah, then, Russia. The, I think I think you're right. Their their success in this finals is going to be serve and pass based. Mm-hmm. If they. Whoever they start at libero, if it's Alexei Obmachev or like whoever it is, I think Golubev. Golubev is, is fine too. If if that guy can step in and lock down that passing yeah. unit and allow They're Russia to really him use their yeah, mm-hmm. and allow Russia to really use their strengths, uh, then they could easily do the same thing they did last year. Exactly. But that's I think that's the key. And and then the last thing about Russia, probably their most interesting battles. Would you play Igor Kobzar or Dmitry? Um, sorry, Dmitry Kovalev. Kov- I love Kovalev. Nine. I absolutely okay. love okay. him. He's so physical. Um, he fits the Russian system really well. He's way more athletic than Kobshar, but he just doesn't deliver the ball quite as well. No. He, can, he can score a lot more points for you, mm-hmm. but that's but that's not a setter's job. And I think you were right about the pull tie of chemistry with Kobshar. Yeah. Um, if, if I were their coach, who I actually don't even know who it is these days. Uh, because Tommy really, Samavulo, who is the, the Finnish coach before. Okay. Yeah, they can't seem to lock Vladimir Alekno down for more than a couple of years at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah so I, I would put Igor, Igor Kobjar in there uh, yeah. just as a more pure deliverer of the ball. They might not be in system all the time and mm-hmm. the chemistry with both sides. I think that's that might be. The all right, Russia. Yeah, not, not going to go down easy. And then another team not, not, that's going to be tough out for anyone, France, who, you know, the silver medalist from last year. Right. France, man, they have had the craziest couple of years. Uh, failed to make it out of pools at the Olympics in 2016. Yeah. Um, and they have maybe the flashiest player in the world in Irvin Ingepeth, who I bet we will see. Do you, do you know this? Do you know if he's making no, the No, Irvin's not going. He's not okay, going. Okay, so here, here's who's missing for France. I alluded to it a bit earlier. No Ingepeth. Okay. Um, Tony Udi is with the team. There was okay. rumor that he wasn't going to go, but he's in Chicago. So um, no... Grabenikov, interestingly enough. Really? Even yeah. with all the the like preliminary round time? <laughs> he went he to, got... like, I was surprised at how often he was on in the preliminary round. But Me too. Yeah. I think you said it in a previous podcast, the dude just loves volleyball. <laughs> yeah, he just, so, whatever, he loves it. And then so no Lagoff and no uh, Boyer. No kidding. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> okay. So no no Lagoff, that's fine. They have they have a three headed middle blocking monster that can really get the job done with Chin and Yeezy and the Kevin Larue. Uh, yeah. So both if both both of those guys are there, I don't think that's a huge loss. But Boye mm-hmm. is uh, in the in the match that he played against the U.S. Uh, he was unbelievable for two sets, mm-hmm. and then he all of a sudden got super duper cold. Which which is kind of the story with Boye. Kind of is. Bit, yeah. It kind of is. He's like he's a slightly more consistent Ben Patch in a, in a couple different senses with a mm-hmm. lot with a lot 
more of a brain. But I actually love Jean Petri. I really yeah, like I do him. too. I do too. Really, really like him. So that that's uh, that's going to be a, an important point of the offense for them. Mm-hmm. Is if he can if he can contact high and hit. Well, hit they, high parts they always give Boye a lot of touches, especially with when Tony Udi's in. You know, they, yeah, you know, they, Tony Udi will go will go to go to the C ball from anywhere on the court. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then they have on the outside they have a million options. It seems even without Angapet. Yeah. So so they've got Kevin Tilly, I assume. Kevin Tilly, yeah. They've uh, got Julian Linnell. They've got Thibault Rossard. I believe Trevor Cleveno too. Okay. Um, and Yasin Luati, who I, who I really like. I don't know who that is. He's mm-hmm. uh, must be younger. Uh, he's a little younger, you know, and it's tough with France because you get lost in the shuffle a bit uh, with all these all these other guys. But he had a, put together a really good season in Padova in the in the okay. league. Yeah. But the point is, they you know they could start any two of those five guys. I think we might see uh, Thibaut Rossard and Kevin Tilly give a little offense-defense. So yeah, a little offense-defense thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Rossard, one of my very favorite serves in the world, yes. uh, yeah. has an unbelievable left arm. And like, So Rossard and Linnell, both left-handers, which is very weird to have two yeah. left-handed left sides <laughs> like on two, the like roster. Like two of the four or five that exists. <laughs> I just yeah. happen to be on. And like those yeah. two and Euros Kovacevic, and that's like it. Yeah, uh, So... Yeah, they're they're safe on the outside, mm-hmm. and they're good everywhere. And I really like the backup setter Antoine Brizard, who's gotten most of the touches this VNL so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, no Ingapeth can go one of two ways. He's a huge emotional spark plug for them. Mm-hmm. He is so explosive, so flashy. Actually, an under incredibly underrated defender. He's an That's, unbelievable. I've good always defender. said, I think he, he's a defender, passer, and server. I'm not. I don't even like his attacking. Particularly. His attacking is so weird that it sometimes just works. But yeah, yeah. man, is he a server and a passer and a defender? Yeah. So he, um, he's going to be huge. But you know, I, uh, this roster still looks scary because honestly, Boye downgrade to Patry not a, not a huge downgrade. Not much. They're not going to miss Lagoff. Grubenikov's obviously incredible. That but, you're right. That, but Nicholas Rosard was actually the best passer of the entire uh, preliminary round. So as yeah, I I think I think you'll agree on this. Krebenikov's the best libero in the world, and I don't think it's very close. No. Uh, it's really not close at all. No. Um, as I've seen that dude touch balls that no human <laughs> being should be able to I touch. Know. So yeah, you're right. Nicholas Rosard, very good statistical passer, probably won't make miracle defensive plays. No, he's at, not at, not at the, the same defender right. at all that Krebenikov no. is. But that's fine. If he if he can put France in system exactly um, as fast as their offense is, then they then they are no joke. Mm-hmm. But they have a little bit of a scheduling disadvantage playing the first two matches. Yeah. That's gonna uh, be- so you're right. This this pool A, just to kind of wrap up pool A, mm-hmm. is I think definitely more difficult than pool B, but the US might have a really lucky draw here with the with the the roster mismatches that they're going to be seeing mm-hmm. with the other two teams in Russia and France, the beneficial schedule, having a day off in the middle, and playing at home. Um, I'll go out on a limb and say they win at least one of those matches yep, and get through to the semifinals. The yep. other one, I really don't know. I I kind of want to call it for France. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Russia. I think that's that team is too physical. Like Even so, even against France, you know, Really good serving team too. Igor Kliuka uh, was one of the best servers of the uh, of the preliminary round as well. You know, he put Dmitry Kovalev in there, maybe rip a couple uh, floaties because sure. he's. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It's. I think either one of those teams has a good chance of. We're probably going to play Brazil. Sorry, on the crossover, which is you know, <laughs> that's going to be a tough yeah. One. So the, yeah, so second versus first crossover in pools. That's standard. What do you think so, about yeah, the final look- six format? I like the final six oh. format. I think it's. I think it's fine. I okay. think the final six format mm-hmm. is fine. I think it. A criticism of it might be that it adds just another extra step in between, like filtering mm-hmm. people down to a, a bracket format. And like we know, the Olympics does pools and then a bracket of eight. Mm-hmm. And I have I have a lot of thoughts about tournament theory running stuff mm-hmm. like this for yeah, for okay. lots and lots of years. But I, I'm I'm okay with the final six format. See, I don't like it. A because Canada's always like in seventh or eighth place. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, and the only other thing I don't like Canada. is like I feel bad for Canada. Sometimes you have the Friday games, which don't mean anything, and it's something about you know, having meaningless games that close to the finals, but it's not. That's true. It, yeah. it uh, a team will know their fate by the end of Thursday. Like one team in each pool who doesn't play Friday will know where they're at, and exactly. if they go zero and two, 
then then mm. Friday's games don't really matter. And you're right, I agree. That can create like some some boring snores mm. of games, which we actually kind of had that problem in the NVA the last weekend, which we'll talk no, about later. Okay, yeah. All but, right, so let's go to the next pool. Is pool there a, sorry, e. is there anything else you wanted to add no, on? No, I think I think that's pretty comprehensive for pool A. Yes. Uh, I think I think we both we both like the US for mm-hmm. the reasons mentioned, and I think Russia and France could totally go either way. Yeah. And the, regardless, all gonna be incredibly fun matches to watch. Oh yeah, I'm I'm very excited to to see how it all plays out. I'll be watching these games from home. Yeah, sometimes, you know, I don't mind it. Sometimes you get a better uh, idea of... It's hard to follow sometimes when you're in person. Yeah, it kind of is. I'm yeah totally okay with watching from my couch until yeah. I'm there on Sunday. All right, so Brazil brought... I was surprised they brought this lineup out. All their good players, pretty much the entire tournament. Yeah, they have really gone against the mold of what a like what a really top tier team in the world has chosen to do in general for the VNL prelim round, they have played everybody. And I I think a little bit of that is that they wanted to generate some chemistry with their two outside Mm -hmm. hitters, Lucarelli and Leal. Uh, Because Yoandre Leal has, this is his first uh, summer plan for Brazil. He's one of those Cuban expatriates who's been trying hard to get citizenship and uh, that whole process that, you know, Wilfredo Leon's gone through, Mm -hmm. uh, Juan Terreno went through a few years ago. So Yoandre Leal gained Brazilian citizenship and is finally playing for the national team. And it's not, I don't think it's a bad idea to have brought him a bunch and to get him a ton of touches like in high competition with, with the national team. But yeah, they have such a long summer and they are like, they're putting a lot of stock in their 14 and one record in the preliminary round. I'm just really surprised they didn't like send a B team for one weekend, weekend. but they really didn't. Yeah. I guess, did they have that last weekend in Brazil? Maybe that's yes, why, yeah. yeah, it was in Brazil. So like maybe they wanted to put mm-hmm. on a great show, which I'm sure they did. But uh, yeah, the 14 and one, like very impressive number by far the best. They only lost the to Serbia, round. the Serbia like, B team, the Serbia's of all, B all team, team. which yeah. which was a weird one. But like that doesn't mean anything. Now that you get here to the finals, that doesn't mean anything. So yeah. hopefully for Brazil, their strategy is going to work out here, and their the chemistry that they've built with their top roster throughout the preliminary round is going to carry over to pool B mm-hmm. here. I think Leal and Lucarelli look really good together. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm a Luc- huge Lucarelli fan. He had just a brutal year and a half or two mm-hmm. years with an Achilles injury. He missed World Champs. Um, I have to say, though, he's recovered about as well as I've seen anyone recover from an Achilles. Injury. Yeah, you said that on a previous podcast. Yeah. He hasn't lost like any of his explosiveness, yeah. any of his athleticism. Uh, I agree, and I'm, I'm happy to see him come back and recover like that. So mm-hmm. that's that's like the thing that Brazil was missing last year when mm-hmm. they, you know, got beat pretty easily by Poland in World Championship finals, like last year's Vietnam. They were missing right. that other outside. So, yes. so they Brazil's schedule, they have Poland on Wednesday, they have Thursday off, and they have Iran on a Friday. Yeah, and the one thing about Yoandri Leal too, we saw in Lubitschiv to Nova that he can he can struggle with the passing sometimes, but can don't don't they have the perfect guy to come in for him in uh in Douglas Souza off the totally bench? yeah like yeah they, you couldn't they think of a better do. like switch up guy to come in for Yoandri Leal yeah Douglas Souza uh, who I didn't like at all as recently as a couple of years ago totally turned me around because he was him terrible a couple year. years ago <laughs> he was terrible okay I'm glad I'm glad I'm not the only one yeah, yeah he was t- he was kind of terrible a couple of years yeah. ago but last year he was outstanding he yeah. was well deserving of one of those like best outside hitter spots in the NL well, you know it's weird to say that Brazil like they were scraping the bottom of the barrel for outsides last summer yeah that's like how is that possible I know for a country like Brazil? but they really were like, yeah. and then like Lipe retired Mauricio Torres ACL like man they, they were struggling for yeah. outsides Victor Cardoso who like Barely. I like Victor. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't think I would put him in the top like twenty outside no. the Brazilian league. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, big turnaround for them getting Lucarelli back and picking up Play Hall, and and we all know Wallace D'Souza. I assume he's yep. in Chicago. Yep. I assume Bruno's in Chicago. Yep. I assume Lucas and a handful of their other top caliber middles mm-hmm. are in Chicago. Except we did see uh, Mauricio Souza go down with an injury. Yes. So he will. I think he's missing the rest of the summer. Can't remember exactly off the top of my head what his injury was, but I think it was an ankle injury. Okay. Yeah. So uh, a very common volleyball injury, of yeah. course. But the, yeah, he outstanding blocker, not that much of an offensive middle. I don't think mm-hmm. they lose a whole lot putting Isaac or Adair in there. No. Uh, and and so we've all seen the things that Lucas and Bruno can do together mm-hmm. over the years. That that chemistry is 
by far the best in the world between mm. center and middle. Those and they kind of have one of my favorite uh, libero double sub things going on with uh, yeah. Tales Haas and Mike Reyes, who Mike Reyes, yeah. other than Grabenikov, I don't know if there's anyone who I would more trust to chase down a ball that's 40 feet away in like two yeah, seconds. Yeah, he's so small and so quick and yeah. such an unbelievable defender. Yeah, I really like their, their libero system having mm -hmm. Tales to pass and Mike to defend. Mm -hmm. I, I think that works really well for them in obviously with the retirement of Sergio a few years ago. Yeah, mm -hmm. they, they've kind of filled it in well. So Brazil, I think, you know, I think they're going to run this pool personally. Pretty uh, pretty clear favorites, right? Yeah. I, I I think we're on the same page yeah. with that one. Um, but we'll see because Poland, funnily enough, you know, Vito Hanens, he's a bit of a unorthodox guy. Not he's he's he, I think he's staying. I don't think he's going to the tournament. I think he's staying and training with the A team in Poland. Are you kidding? <laughs> no, I don't, so I'm not 100 percent sure, but I've I've heard that from a couple of people. Okay, well, it, it really doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. I I think he I think his priorities from the beginning of this summer have been very very clear mm -hmm. because, as we know, it's if you are a European country, you have by far the hardest road to Olympic qualification, oh, yeah. by far. And uh, I I completely agree with him in putting his priorities in that because you don't qualify for the Olympics for winning VNL. Mm -hmm. But uh, that this tournament coming up in August is is what is really for all the marbles for them. I just imagine him in a gym in northern Poland with Wilfredo Leon. Just just those two. He just has a serving machine and just six hours a day. Yep, <laughs> just, wouldn't surprise me at all. I can picture <laughs> it right now. Yeah. So um, who who do we who are we expecting this? So see this is Poland probably this the hardest lineup to figure out. I kind of had to piece it together from like social media and stuff. But Bartosz Bednorz and Bartosz Szwolek, the two uh, two Bartosz. I think are going to be the outsides. Lukas Kaczmarek, uh, the opposite because Bartosz Kurek, as we know, injured right. for the entire summer, apparently. Right. So that, that could be big for them. Yeah, um, like you mentioned in a previous podcast to talk about Kurek a little bit, how finicky back injuries are. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just like unpredictable to recover from. And mm -hmm. like we were all wowed by Kurek's performance at World Championships last year, like when they got to the finals, he flipped the switch. Was like, "Oh, hey guys, I'm going to decide to be the best player in the world yeah. this couple of weeks." He uh, actually kept it going throughout the entire club season too. He really did. Yeah, he had a really good club season. Um, but yeah, tweaked the back, so we're not going to we're not going to see him at all. Certainly not this week, and probably not for Olympic mm -hmm. quals. So we've got Masie Musai, who Machi, I really Masie Musai, I think, is staying in Poland as well. Oh, really? Yeah. I I'm interested to hear your thoughts about him. Uh, he's, you know, he's he's one of those guys. One game, he's incredible. A couple of more games, and then he's you, you don't see much of him. But I think he took a, a step forward this year. I think he did too. I think I think he still has, for whatever reason, he definitely has um, some. I don't I don't want to call it unclutch, but he seems to struggle at the end of sets. Uh, we saw that against. Uh, Zenikazan, remember in the Champions yes. League quarterfinals where Yes, I do remember that match. One of my favorite games of the entire year, probably. Yeah, that was uh, an unbelievable match for you. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He he was the guy offensively. Mm -hmm. Um but, and was was relied upon in the late stages of sets and did not quite deliver at the times when they needed him the most. I'll I'm I'm trying to be as nice to him as I can here. I, I kind of think of him as kind of like a left handed Ben Patch. I was gonna say Ben Patch, yeah, is the guy who I would most closely compare him to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Kazmarek, you're probably right as the opposite. You think they'll bring David Konarski? No, I think he's. I think he. I don't like Konarski. I think he should be in VNL and like Kazmarek should be training. I in agree. Poland. I don't like Konarski either. <laughs> but I think he has a lot of. I think Vidal Hannon really likes him. He has a lot of clout, kind of in the Polish volleyball world, because they seem to love him. I, I don't understand why. Yeah. Um, Karl Kloch is actually, you know, after taking a year off with the national teams back playing in VNL. And Norbert he, Huber. Okay. Have, have you have you watched so, much Huber? I have not watched much Huber. But Close is traveling to Chicago. Yep. Do you know this? Uh, wearing wearing mean, a very weird sure. Again, Poland. Apparently, Vito Hainan was purposely trying to hide the lineup. <laughs> trying to announce <laughs> it as late as possible. That's fair. We'll see. That's, that's, that's kind of, that sounds a lot like Hainan. Yeah. And then uh, Marching Comenda. I have as the starting setter, I think. Probably. Cause, uh, Probably just based on the preliminary round. Yeah, Fabian Drija and Gregor Zlomaj are not there. Okay. And then uh, Damien Wojtaszek, I think, will be yeah, the libero. libero. Yeah. So really, it's not yeah, even the that... Polish B team. This is bordering on a C team for some <laughs> That is, Let's just say that's not a team that's going to be Brazil. No. It's just not. Um, it's just not. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's not a whole lot more to say about that. I think it's good for those guys to see Brazil's best effort i think 
if they took a set, that would be great. Uh, if they beat Iran in the other pools match and make the semifinals, that's a bonus. Mm. I, uh, I, I don't think I think they're still competitive with Iran. With I think so too. Yeah, but yeah, th- this is not a Polish roster that's going to win this tournament. No. It's not. It might be a Polish roster that can make it to the semifinals, but uh, however, I, I have to bring this up. And be, being from Chicago and having seen a ton of the U.S. national team play in Hoffman Estates over the years, I cannot describe to you how dominant of a Polish crowd yeah, is going to be I've, there. I've seen that. I can't say that enough. Every time I've seen them in Hoffman Estates playing Poland, that place is packed to the brim, and it's 95% Polish fans. Uh, Chicago, a huge area for Polish immigrants, mm-hmm. and the whole, like, we know how good Polish volleyball fans are, and that translates to those that live in the United States. Those mm-hmm. Polish fans will be there, and they will be loud, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I bet the uh, the venue hosts are just ecstatic. That they Poland, should be. That they, uh, they really should be. That's going to be, it's gonna be the, the biggest difference between when i saw him in hoffman estates last time because we were playing canada japan china yeah and i got I mean, I decent crowds but nothing like the ones last year american volleyball fans <laughs> don't know how to watch volleyball in person and it bothers me like they when i when i was there when the, the players were serving it was dead silent you could hear a pin ah. drop in those arenas it's like I'm like guys it's not it's golf not it's not tennis <laughs> yeah it's not golf it's not tennis and like you go to an Iran home game, a Poland home game. God, the horns, the mm-hmm. the, the yelling—it's deafening in there, and that's what it should be. It's a, so. I had a lot of fun in Ottawa. They, if you ever want to go to a good venue, that that TD place in Ottawa was really fun. I will be there if they host it again. I think that'd yeah. be awesome. <laughs> so I think that I think the American volleyball fans are going to learn a thing or two from Poland. Poland's fans, uh, mm-hmm. this Viennella. It, it would be. Let's. I would love if. The USA were to win their pool, Poland were to get second, we were to play in the yeah, semifinals. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be, like, that'd be that'd that fun would be match. great. The atmosphere for that semifinal mm. would be great. So uh, I think I think that's about really all there is to say for Poland. Uh, they might have a, a supportive crowd behind them, but it's not a roster that's going to win this tournament. Mm-hmm. And then our final our final team here, probably the most interesting one. The only team that's different from the six that were there last year, mm-hmm. Iran. Iran had yeah. an incredibly yeah. impressive How, preliminary round. So I saw Iran play last year in VNL when they were in Hoffman Estates, and they played Poland, the U.S., and Serbia's A team. Mm-hmm. And Iran went two and one that weekend. Uh, they lost to the U.S., but they beat Poland easily, and they beat Serbia pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And man, watching Maruf set the ball in real life, I've never seen a player that is in control when he has the ball in his hands. He is in control of all eleven other players on the yeah. floor, all of his five players, and all six of the other guys on the other team are completely at Maruf's mercy when he's really in the zone. When he has the ball in his hands, he is just special, special mm-hmm. to watch. Well, I think I hear that about twice a day. I get a comment on my YouTube video of <laughs> Maruf is the number one setter in the world. Like, <laughs> how can you not have him number one? But yeah, he, he really is pretty incredible. Um, he, and the, the and nice thing about Iran's development, which you've talked about in previous podcasts, is that their players have started to go outside the Middle East to play professional mm-hmm. volleyball, and guys like Milad Abadapur have really leveled up. Mm-hmm. So, like, Maruf had a terrible season in Italy, but when he's when he's in the Iranian program, yeah, he's but, he's the master. Yeah, which is weird, because he, he really was pretty bad in Italy. Like, I'm not exaggerating. It was like, no, he wasn't, a lot he of his, his fault for Siena playing so poorly. But like, and even the so- one even the one year when he went to Zenit Kazan in maybe 2014, like for the latter half of the year, yeah, he last- couldn't even yeah. consistently stay on the floor there. Mm-hmm. So it, it's something something about the way he feels in playing with the Iranian program. He's just clearly a lot more comfortable. Mm-hmm. But well, uh, I I like Iran to come out of this pool. I think they're going to beat Poland. Yeah, uh, yeah, pro- I, probably. I, I give would, them a give them an edge. I would not be surprised by that at all. I don't know which opposite we're going to see if it's Amir Gafour or I forgot the uh, big number twenty's name. Puri Yali. Yeah, it's going to be Gafour, hundred percent. I would think so. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I really like Amir Gafour. I you're you're not as high on him, but uh, but he's another one of those players. You know, I watched him all season in Monza. Like couldn't really stay on the floor. Didn't impress me that much. And then he, he, he hits like forty three percent for the entire tournament. Like yeah, which is ridiculous. Nobody can stop me. He was the highest, like most efficient hitter by like a large margin. Yeah, you guys can't. I can't overstate how incredible four eighty three <laughs> as as an opposite. Like over the course of fifteen matches, is like that's ridiculous. Yeah. So if he stays that hot, then uh, but then, but yeah. when you watch him and uh, him and Maruf, you understand it. 
Like that's mm-hmm. that's a set that has been practiced thousands and thousands and thousands of times. Just those yeah, two. Yeah, there's there's no faster set to the right side in the world mm-hmm. than than that. And then us. one reason why I think Iran is doing so well also is because of the emergence of like the second outside hitter Poria Fiazi. Yes, who wasn't really on my radar too much. I um, had no idea who he was until this Vienna. Yeah, and and he's been great. They've been searching for that second spot since Milad Ibadapur really became the right. guy at the L1 spot. They, mm-hmm. you know, we have Farhad Gaimi, the left-hander. They had uh, Mirza like, Janpour like, for a little yeah. while. I like Fayazi way more than those guys. Me too, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, so that's been a nice emergence, I agree. They're, Iran is not a big team. If they no. come up against a Russia, they're probably going to get stomped just based on the, the mm-hmm. way the matchups are going to work. But I, I kind of like the way they match up with Poland and especially Poland's like BRC team. Yeah. And then Musavi, who's had a great like kind of bounce back season. I think he's last summer was a bit tough for him, but he's he's you know it's Musavi. He's one of the best middles. Yeah, so, so yeah, maybe the best like pure read blocker in the world. Yeah. A guy like about David Smith's size, not not overwhelmingly big, but uh, I've played that position before. The position is hard. Yeah. <laughs> blocking blocking the ball in the middle yeah. at the, the highest level is really really hard and. Uh, that guy is everywhere. He has such a great mind for the game at that position. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I think he's had a good. And then Ali Shafi as mm-hmm. the second middle. You know, he's fine. He's he's, not, he's, he's there. Yeah. And he then, interestingly points. enough, another guy who I really like on the team. And I, I'm not sure how to say this. Hazratpour, the libero. Yeah, uh, that's who, another position that I who, couldn't have named who their libero was yeah. the past couple of years uh, until now. Mirandi, I think, has been their libero in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like. I think I like this guy even more. I, I had no idea. I was like, okay, who's this? You know, who's this thirty-year-old libero that's come out of nowhere? He's nineteen. <laughs> I had to like, I had to look it up. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, he was born in 1999. That's yeah. absurd. <laughs> he looks he looks way look older way, than though. either of us. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, but he's been great. Like, really impressive defense. Like, not the best passing, but good enough. And mm-hmm. then I did. I dug a bit deeper. Iran, I think Iran was champions of the U19 2017 Worlds. So Were they, they really? They must have a very good youth like uh, core coming up through the ranks. Okay, yeah, yeah, their their pipeline in general has improved mm-hmm. thousands of times over the past five years or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they've shown that they can develop players that can yeah. make a difference. So it looks like level. maybe this won't be the uh, this won't be a one off thing for Iran. Maybe they, they can keep uh, appearing. Good. In these- I think it's great. I think, tournaments. yeah, ha- having volleyball exist in that part of the world is awesome. And I know there were potential issues about Iran getting visas mm-hmm. to be able to even make it to the NL finals. So I'm glad that worked out. It did, but I, I, I was reading on some forum that they were questioned for four hours getting in. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's. I can't say I'm that surprised. Yeah, but I'm, yeah, I'm really glad they'll be there. Uh, yeah, just for the sake of the possibility of watching Maruf in person. I would, and also, I remember Hoffman Estates last year. They, they got quite a crowd too. They did, yeah. Uh, even though they were competing against Poland and Serbia, which both dwarfed the American fans for sure, mm-hmm. uh, the Iranian fans were loud. The the one match, where, the first one when I was there, like Iran played Poland before the U.S. played Serbia, and I was there for both. Yeah. And the Iranian fans were loud, and they were into it. Uh, and their team played really well because of it. So, yeah, I think the crowd in Chicago is going to be awesome. And I don't even think it will be that dominated by American fans. No. I think that's going to be fun to keep track on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so VNL finals, you know, even though it might not be the most exciting tournaments of the summer, you know, the final six is still the best part of it for sure. For sure. Yeah, it's good volleyball. These matches are going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Spe- Wednesday, Thursday for sure. Maybe we get Friday matches that don't matter, kind of like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saturday's matches will be great. Uh, I'll probably be playing. I won't be able to watch them. But then mm-hmm. Sunday, Sunday I'll be there, and I'm really, really excited. I think that the city of Chicago and the U.S. is going to appreciate yeah, like that that caliber of volleyball being played in the U.S. that hasn't happened before. Like because the Hoffman Estates regular season stuff is just is just different. Yeah. All right, so we say that's the end of VNL stuff because we want to talk a bit about something you're really involved in, the NVA. So yes. want, you want to give a quick introduction because I, I think probably a lot of listeners might not even know really. Um, what it is yes first of all thanks for giving me a platform to plug the nva that's yeah, pretty cool of course. uh so the national volleyball association is the first like real serious attempt at a professional men's league in the united states uh the website is nvausa.com all the matches mm-hmm. are live streamed for free and we just finished a regular season 
So if you don't want to pay for those, ago. the VNL TV or whatever. Yeah, if you don't pay, for, don't pay for the VNL. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't have anything for you to watch live this weekend, but yeah. uh, we are hosting the playoffs. The finals will crown a champion July 27th, 28th. Uh, so we've got four, t- four of our six teams in the league that mm-hmm. made the playoffs um, that will be competing for the NBA title. Uh, I'll go over the bracket really fast. So the winners of the Western Conference at 10-2 and two are the Costa Mesa Stunners. They were I'm a Stunners as, fan. Yeah. Ray referred to as, yeah, Ray Zito, mm-hmm. the Canadian, yeah. is like an MVP candidate for yeah. sure. My goodness. Like, so, I, so I've been – I'm the guy who's the live stream commentator for all the NBA matches. And so if you – don't hate my voice by the end of this podcast. You can check out the matches and hear me some more. But uh, so I've been in every match this year, all 36 regular season matches I've been on the mic for. And almost nobody has impressed me more than Ray Zito. Okay. So, uh, well, he had a, a like incredible season in Lunenburg last yeah, year. I think he was really, legitimately good. Really like, good. Really, yeah. really good in Germany. Like, I didn't know who he was until he yeah. got to the NBA. It was like, whoa, where did they find this guy? He's, he's had an interesting path. There is. I don't know if you've. I I've heard a little bit more about it since. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's a, he's a Canadian guy. Um, so yeah, the the Stunners finished a ten and two, the best record in the regular season by far. So they won the Western Conference, and they will play in the first round, the second place team from the Eastern Conference, who happen to be the defending NVA champions, the Indiana team Pineapple, who are led by. The legendary, the illustrious, the infinite resume, Loy Ball, uh, yeah. still setting the offense at 47. Yeah, and it look, looks pretty good doing it. And he looks pretty good doing it. <laughs> and so Pineapple barely squeaked into the playoffs. The Eastern mm-hmm. Conference was unbelievably competitive. Uh, they finished at 7-5. and five. It was barely good enough uh, to get in and defend the title. But I think I've, I've heard that Loy is bringing in Marcus Nilsson to come play the finals really who yeah who we haven't seen since the nva vegas showcase like back in the end of 2017 but he's like a six foot ten swedish left-hander yeah. on on the right pin who's an absolute just absolute I, I believe like still played in russia up until like last year or pretty like, recently. Very recently yeah he's he's been doing it at a very very high level for a long time it's just a shame that sweden's national team isn't like right. internationally competitive otherwise you would really know his name yeah but you're so. gonna want you're gonna want to watch this guy play let me mm-hmm. tell you and they it's not like Pineapple is struggling at that position because Jeff Pitek is probably the best opposite in the league already. Mm-hmm. So there's they, they might move him to the left and try to make it work or right. whatever. But they Pineapple has the best chemistry by far of any team in the league. They have played together the longest. A lot of guys that have come up playing at Indiana, Purdue, Fort Wayne, and Northeast Indiana that Loy has kept around. They practice together pretty regularly. They've been playing adult tournaments for years. And uh, they won the NBA title back in January of this year, like easily. They they mm. didn't drop they didn't drop the set the whole well, tournament. Team Pineapple. I actually was at a tournament in Toronto recently. Guess what? I saw someone with a Team Pineapple jersey. <laughs> yep. <It's> a, yeah, <laughs> it's they're, a, they're like an international a brand. Yeah. And Yasmin Cole, another Canadian, uh, okay, play, yeah. plays for Team Pineapple. He's he's a Toronto guy. Uh, so that that match between Stunners and Team Pineapple in the first round, uh, we run double elimination at the NBA Finals. So uh, okay. Neither team will be eliminated right away, but that match is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defending champs versus the the Western Conference like dominators all season long, so that's going to be great. Uh, the other side has my championship pick, the New York Legion. Okay. Um, also finished at seven and five, which was good enough to win the Eastern Conference. But uh, in the six matches that Christy Blau, Nick Scherzen, and Blake Leeson played, they were five and one, yeah. and the only match they well, Nick lost. Scherzen. No. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk Another, a lot about him. Okay. <laughs> uh, the, the only match they lost with Nick Scherzer on the floor is probably the match of the year uh, where they lost to Chicago, like 16-14 game five. That was mm-hmm. an unbelievable match. Worth going back and rewatching, which you can do on the website whenever you want, by the way. Uh, so New York missed the playoffs last year, but boy, did they make some additions. Uh, Christy Blau was, was about a six foot seven setter. Um, Nick Scherzer, maybe six foot four left side. Blake Leeson, six foot eight middle. All three won two collegiate national championships at Ohio State in 2016 and 17. Mm-hmm. And Nick Scherzen, I think, has been the best player in the league this year. Uh, yeah. b- better than Ray Zito, better than Andrew Diachkov, better than Jeff Pitek. He is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. So he was the two-time national player of the year in college. He was born in France to a Polish family. Mm-hmm. He, I think he's trying to leverage the Polish side of the citizenship, like yeah. national team-wise especially so he won't count against a foreign player limit when he plays in Poland. 
but he had he just played for a Sekar Rasovia for a year this past season. Can, mm-hmm. Didn't get a whole lot of court time because he counts as a foreign player right they, now. They had too many foreigners this season. They had way too many. Yeah, yeah like Dave Smith. Could well, well, yeah, that was kind of confusing as to why. It was, right? yeah. But uh, I was so excited to hear that he was going to be playing NBA this yeah. season. Yeah. He has been absolutely unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Has the fastest arm I've ever seen. Um, dominant from the service line. Makes incredibly smart choices hitting out of system. Mm-hmm. Him, him and Christy Blau on the pipe have four different set calls. I, okay, f- well. Four different ones yeah, from yeah. four different spots. I asked Christy that in one of the interviews after one of the matches. <laughs> and he, uh, he told me there are four different calls. And they, they run their offense unbelievably fast. So mm-hmm. those three Ohio State guys... Don't mm-hmm. want to overlook Jordan Varee on the right side for them. Joe Norton, the other left side. Michael Marshman in the middle. Uh, Dave Evans at Libero. That team is good. And mm-hmm. they, uh, they every time they've played Team Pineapple, they've beaten them easily. Uh, they lost the one match to Chicago. Um, they haven't seen Costa Mesa at full strength all year long. Mm-hmm. So they, they're my championship pick. If we, if okay. we get... If we get one or two matches between them and the Stunners, they're going to be awesome. Yeah. And the, the other team in the finals you really can't sleep on is the Santa Barbara Rising Tide. Uh, four and eight out of the Western Conference was good enough for the playoffs, but they never had like the same roster for any of the events that right. they played in. Uh, they have a couple guys that just so graduated. Kind of like some of the VNL teams. Kind of, yeah, <laughs> very similar. But they scooted their way into the finals, and now they're going to throw it together and try to make it work. Yeah. Uh, Mike Wexter just graduated from Pepperdine and opposite, who's unbelievable. Colin Mayhem just graduated Loyola Chicago on the left side. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very good middles. They are going to try to take the best. Uh, they kind of had two rosters, like one for the East Coast events and one for the right. West Coast events. This year. But they're going to take the best of those, all those guys to play at the finals. And although I don't see them beating New York in the on the winner's side in the first game, I wouldn't be surprised if they won like won a game or two in losers. Okay. Like that, that, that that's legit. It's 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 all a chemistry thing for them. Mm-hmm. But they've been the masters, the five setter all year long. They've uh, gone to more five setters than any other team in the league, and they've won almost all of them. Wow. So, uh, yeah, those those are the matchups for the the winners' side round. The losers mm-hmm. of the first two matches will then play the loser of which is eliminated. The winners will play. So there'll be four matches that Saturday and two that Sunday, and again that's July. 27th and 28th. And where is that taking place? That's at Lloyd Ball's own gym in far northeastern Indiana. Okay. Um, so it's it's been an awesome season. We've been able to share a lot of events with some like convention center style yeah. tournaments with uh, junior girls playing. Like anyone who's played club volleyball in the U.S. has been to events like this where there's just like a giant convention center with mm-hmm. 50, 60, 100 courts set up inside and screaming 12 to 18 year old girls playing volleyball the whole time there's actually kind of no equivalent to that in any other countries like, i don't really think there is <laughs> yeah. it's 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 pretty unique yeah. uh but if, if you've ever played club in the u.s you're you're familiar with that mm-hmm. but we've gotten to play some of our events there and having one court at an event with thousands and thousands of girls junior players gives us a bunch of guaranteed fans yeah. and the atmosphere for some of those games has been awesome yeah so uh the championships won't be like that uh, Lloyd's Gym is kind of in the middle of nowhere, but a really, really nice facility. So we're going to get everyone there at the end of July. And you can tune in and catch those matches on NVAUSA.com. So if I don't get to give a more extensive preview before then, uh, those are definitely going to be worth checking out because that's kind of the limbo period between VNL and Olympic mm-hmm. Qualifiers. Yeah, it's a, good, it's a good spot because you lead right up into the Olympic qualifiers. Yep. Kind of so if you really like watching volleyball on weekends, uh, we've got <laughs> some for you. Well, it's super accessible too. Just go to the website, click, click the play button. Yeah, and do us a huge favor if you're listening. uh, Give our social medias a follow, Instagram Mm -hmm. especially, at NVAUSA. Uh, You can see my beautiful face interviewing a lot of players. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we're posting a ton of content. We've been really active this season, and it's grown a huge, huge amount. So we're really excited for the finals. This is the third year? The second, Second. like, full year. Full year, yeah. Uh, So the the caliber of volleyball has improved tremendously, and the finals is going to be even even higher because the teams are going to bring their best. There's a pretty big cash prize for the winner, um, and the teams have been taking it really, really seriously Mm -hmm. all all year long, and it's been awesome to see. I've definitely just following it kind of semi-casually, but also maybe a bit more seriously. You can, like, there's a really palpable difference, like a strong difference in how, you know, how professional it's been and 
you know how, how seriously everyone's taking it and like the buzz around it and stuff so yeah and the caliber of players like mm-hmm. th- these are some names that if, if you follow college volleyball in the u.s you'll recognize a couple guys with really decorated international resumes yeah uh Loy ball the most of all of them but guys like marcus nelson guys like andrew diachkov guys who it's nice to run this in the summer because the guys who are playing overseas can come back and play mm-hmm. NBA. so uh, there are some big names and some unbelievably good players. So that's going to be really, really fun mm. to watch the last weekend of July. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. And then we just have one more thing to go over. And that's, you know, this is only for the hardcore fans, but the, the, the FIVB Challenger Cup, which I guess is like a mini worldly group two. Yeah. Um, kind of like a little mini tournament um, where Slovenia, Belarus, Turkey all qualified through Europe, and then Cuba, Egypt, and what's the, oh, Chile, right, Chile is the last team, uh, where the other qualifiers, basically you win this tournament, you get to participate in next year's Nations League, this year we saw Portugal, unfortunately, made, they won this tournament last year, lasted one year, kicked right back out, lasted only one year, (laughs) yeah, I felt bad for Portugal, the winners of this tournament, Slovenia, beating Cuba in the finals, 3-0, they're, I think they're going to be a much stronger team than Portugal was. I completely agree. Remember Slovenia had that crazy run through the European, European Cup a couple of years. Yeah, they were, they were amazing. What place did they get? Like third, maybe? They made it yeah, far, and they beat some good teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, TNA Earnout's a really good player. Clement Shabu is a really good player. They, yeah. uh, they're they legit, and I I think that they can they can contend in VNL, and I mm-hmm. definitely think they'll last more than just one season. I was a bit surprised, though. Uh, Cuba beating Turkey in five sets in the semifinals. I thought for sure Turkey was a uh, was an easy choice for that. For that Cuba, game. man, oh my goodness. Such a unique, that's one way to put it, such a unique yeah. like volleyball situation in that country. Yeah. So for, for a lot of you guys that haven't, so I started watching international volleyball in 2009. It was my freshman year of high school. So, so right for, in time for the most exciting. Yeah, uh... right in time for Cuba to make the world championship finals <laughs> yeah. in 2010. With a and bunch oh of my god, that team was good. Yeah, well, Fredo Leon is my age. Like, and yeah. he was one of the best players in the world when he was 16 years old. Yeah. And so, just the situation in that country is that the governmentally in cuba they do not allow their athletes to leave the country of cuba to play professional sports so if mm. you represent your the cuban national team you can't leave the country to make any money and that's why if you follow baseball you hear so often of players like getting the heck out of cuba however they can to come play major league baseball in the u.s mm. uh but it was the same way for volleyball and that team in the very early like the late 2000s the early 2010s decade was unbelievable and I mean, you can see filled with some of the best club players yeah like, well Fredo Leon I think clearly the best player in the world yeah uh, de Leal Osmani Wantarena Robert Landy Simone um Irazuelo is a really good setter uh Michael Sanchez yes um, God, those teams were so good and it's such a shame that all these great Cuban players have, have honestly been forced to defect from well, Robert Landy Simon has not played for a national team basically since then. No, he hasn't. Yeah. And there's there's been rumors of him going to all kinds of different countries trying to get citizenship, but it just hasn't worked for him. And mm-hmm. he's it's a shame that he's a world class player and can make a million or so dollars playing in Europe, but he can't yeah. play on a national team. It's just too bad. So I was I was just as surprised as you were to see Cuba given that situation. They really don't hold on to players for very good players for very long because when a player realizes they're good from Cuba they take their first mm-hmm. opportunity to leave and go make a make a month like make a living. So it was cool to see them win win that match. Cool yeah. to see them beat Turkey. I was I was very surprised, but I'm also not surprised that they didn't put up a fight against Slovenia. Have you watched uh, Lagumzija on Turkey play yet? No. Okay, must watch guy. Okay, I think he's 20 years old. Maybe my pick. I, I don't know between him or Shawan Vernon Evans. Those two guys, I think it's pretty close. No kidding. Yeah. yeah what position? Opposite. Okay. Yeah. Super, super athletic. Cool. Tall too. Yeah. So keep an I eye on him. I can, wonder if I can find a way to watch those Challenger Cup matches. I don't know if they're, I. They're I on pay YouTube. For, oh, they are. Yeah, just for free. Oh, sweet. That's great. I, I happen to pay for Flow Volleyball in the States because mm. I really, really like volleyball. You but, guys. Uh, I think it I, sucks. I, the, the FIVB app, I think it was 20 bucks. I got VNL World Championships, Beach World Championships, which I watched a lot of this weekend. Mm-hmm. 
um, and Club World Championships. Yeah, so I get all that, but I have to pay a lot more. It's, yeah. Yeah, the FIVB one isn't available in the U.S., which yeah. is really unfortunate. It's, so but if, anyway, if, if you guys are not paying for those subscriptions, I, there are occasionally links posted on the volleyball subreddit where you can watch right. it for free. So if yeah. you're really dying to watch Although those might not be there anymore because um, Everett, Everett did get in a lot of trouble for that. Oh, did he? He's <laughs> another Canadian guy, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, it's, but it sounded like when you were talking about Cuba, you, like Robert Landy Simon, back with Cuba this summer for the Olympic qualifiers and Michael Sanchez and Hugh Arzulo. No way. How did they pull that off? I don't know. I think the Cuban government in general is starting to be more reasonable. Relax. Well, that's that's a good thing. Yeah. But doesn't that make things more interesting? Iran and Cuba are looking a lot stronger now than they did a few months ago against Russia in that pool. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> going to be a very, very interesting pool. And I'm sure you're interested in the Canada-Argentina pool as well. I, yes, especially I, I did lose a little confidence during Nations League. <laughs> Maybe a little. Yeah. So yeah, we, we can. I, I'm welcome to hop back on and uh, right. chat about Olympic quals before that tournament happens. Yes. I, I think we should do it, but I think that's long enough for today. It's probably longer totally. than my usual podcast. It's pretty late here. So thanks, Rob, for coming on. I think you know, great discussion. Always good to have someone to talk to. I'm not just talking to myself <laughs> for hours at a time. So that's good. So thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, man. I really enjoyed it. I'll see you soon. All right, see you. And now...